Jerry Richardson's youngest son, Mark, was in his late 20s when he first learned that his family was going to try to do the impossible. It was the spring of 1987, and my dad said, I think I want to try to bring an NFL team to the Carolinas. There's nobody in Charlotte. Do you want to move to Charlotte and head up the program and see if we can put it together? Today, we celebrate 25 seasons of Panther football with Mark Richardson. 25 seasons of Panthers football, a celebration of the players, coaches, and other people who have contributed to the organizational success. Now to Mick Mixon. What a great honor it is to podcast a little bit with our friend Mark Richardson, Clemson University grad, 1983, and former president of the Carolina Panthers. We must begin, Mark Richardson, with a life update. How are you doing, and what are you doing? I am doing very well. Still spend some time in Charlotte, but spend most most of our time in Charleston. And um, ten years ago, when I left the Panthers, I started a commercial real estate development company, and I'm still doing that. You look good. You sound good. Are you happy? Yes, very happy. And uh, I work for myself, by myself. So my meetings have gotten very short. <laughs> decisions are always unanimous and I have nobody to look at if things don't go well. And as, as your dad used to say, it's not a democracy. No. Oh, I'll count the votes. That is fantastic. Mark Richardson, as the son of Jerry and Miss Rosalind, did you feel growing up any pressure, any familial pressure to play football and or study business? No, it's, um, you know, we had a rule in the house and that is you're going to play something every season. So uh, when school was over, you know, we were involved in athletics and uh, played football all the way through, played basketball through junior high school and then started wrestling in high school when my football coach told me I was wrestling and I told him I was a shooting guard and he said, I'll see you on the wrestling mat on Monday. And then I ran track. So we were involved in some sport every season. You were a member of some great football teams at Clemson. How important a time was that in your life? Yeah, I think we were – so young at the time, we didn't realize exactly what we did. So I was a junior when we won the national championship in 1981. And the year before, we were 6-5. and five. So and we were actually 5-5 five and five going into the last game against South Carolina. And South Carolina was 8-3 and three and going to the Gator Bowl. And George Rogers was the running back and was going to win the Heisman Trophy. And there was a lot of talk of we didn't beat South Carolina, upset South Carolina, the coach Ford was going to get fired and we we're going to be starting over. So we went from an average five and five team win the last game to go six and five and then had a great off season, you know, worked really hard. Coaching staff was motivated and focused and uh, had a great off season and a great spring. And then things just really came together that year throughout the year. We entered the year not even being ranked in the top 20, um, beat Georgia the second or the third game and kind of got on the radar, and then things just got on a roll. There were some huge personalities on that team, starting from Danny Ford on down. Are those relationships still important ones to you, and have you preserved many of them? They are. So uh, Coach Ford's still around Clemson. Um, I still don't think he's bought a meal yet. He's got every dollar that he ever earned, and he's a farmer in Clemson now. So he's raising cattle and um, also uh, – Got one of the permits to be a hemp farmer, so he raises cattle and he grows hemp, and he still goes and eats for free. At the Holiday Inn? The Holiday Inn's not there oh, anymore, man. but there are a lot of other places. He was a fixture there for so many years. 
My goodness. And there, and there are a handful of people I stay in touch with. So um, Bill Smith um, is also a trustee with me at Clemson now. So Bill and I were teammates and still close with Perry Tuttle and still close with my roommate, uh, Jeff Stock still. And uh, Reggie Pleasant, who was on our team, is the team chaplain at Clemson now. And Jeff Davis works for the football program. So there's still a lot of guys that are still tied in. Kendall Alley, a close friend from school and a uh, close friend here in Clem- in Charlotte as well. And of course, Clemson's got it rolling, of course, now with the Evo Swinney. Mark Richardson on the podcast. Okay, Mark, so now fast forward a few years. You're out of Clemson. I want to know exactly what you were doing and where you were and what your emotions were when you first heard that you're going after an NFL team for the Carolinas. Well, I just finished graduate school um, at the University of Virginia, finished uh, my MBA. I actually left Clemson. I went to New York and worked for a year and a half and went back to school and trying to figure out what I was going to do and it was the spring of 1987, and my dad said, I think I want to try to bring an NFL team to the Carolinas. There's nobody in Charlotte. Do you want to move to Charlotte and head up the program and see if we can put it together? And at the time, I was 27 years old, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no commitment to do anything. So moved here in the spring of 1987, um, and we started from scratch. So we had to put together an ownership group. Uh, we had to... Uh, we hired, met Max Mulliman, hired him to help us with the marketing part of it, hired an investment banking firm to put together the financials, uh, uh, accounting firm, and uh, interviewed architects, hired an architect. I uh, looked at over 80 different sites here in the surrounding Charlotte area, trying to find the right stadium site. Uh, ended up at the site downtown. Um, so it was really a six and a half year project. So it went from 1987 to 1993, and then the real work began, and it was a whirlwind from the day we got the team until two two years later when we kicked off the first game. What were the obstacles in the early days? Well, I think we were we were running a parallel public relations marketing uh, program. One of them is we were trying to convince people in the Carolinas that we were a legitimate candidate. Um, I grew up in the Carolinas, and we used to have to follow the Washington teams or the Atlanta teams, and there was not professional sports in the Carolinas. So we had to convince uh, the people in the Carolinas that we were a legitimate candidate and we had a chance to win, and we had a lot of assets and a lot of benefits that were going to be attractive to the NFL. So we were doing that within the Carolinas, within the borders of North and South Carolina. Then outside of it, we were trying to convince everybody else in the country that the Carolinas was a very dynamic market. So we were working on two different plans uh, at the same time. A lot of similarities, but it's really a different pitch, you know, pumping the people up in the Carolinas to say, we can do this. And then outside the Carolinas telling the people, you know, you really don't know what you're missing and you don't know what you have in the Carolinas. a tremendous fan base and it's time to tap into it. Was there ever a time that you thought you possibly couldn't get it done? Yes. Uh, it have, so we, we spent five years thinking that we were going to have a certain financing plan with the NFL, and it was okay with the NFL. And we were going to use the same financial model that Joe Robbie used in Miami to finance Joe Robbie Stadium. And that is, we're going to take luxury suites and club seats, and we're going to sign long-term leases, and we're going to take the leases to the bank and use it as collateral. And that was going to be 
the underpinning of the financial program to finance the team in the stadium. And in late May, early June of 1992, so about 16 months before the NFL was going to award the team, they said, we're not going to approve that financing plan for you. You're the only one that's talking about financing a team, and it's going to be the highest price ever paid for a professional sports team. And at the same time, trying to fight privately finance a stadium and we're uncomfortable with the financial magnitude of that so you need to go back to your community and you need to do what everybody else has done and get a dedicated tax stream that's going to finance the stadium so they gave us until september so they gave us about 100 days 90 to 100 days to go back and we came back in september and um Max and I met with the NFL, and we told them that we'd solve their problem. And they said, what problem is that? And we said, You're, you've got great NFL teams playing in, in horrible stadiums, and you can't get financing for stadiums. So you got Pittsburgh in a bad stadium. you got Philadelphia. you got New, uh, Detroit. you got Denver. you got Chicago. you got Pittsburgh. you got San Francisco. And you can't get a tax um, bond referendum passed anywhere for finance for financing a stadium. So we've got a new financing mechanism, and that was the PSL. And we said, what's a PSL? And we went through the process of explaining what it was. They were very skeptical. They said, not sure that's going to work. Not sure why anybody would pay you up front for the right to then be a season ticket holder. And we said, well, just let us try it. You know, let us go out and pre-sell it. If we pre-sell it and it works, then we get our stadium finance, we get our NFL team, and you've got a financing mechanism to build all your other stadiums for your NFL teams that are playing in very poor stadiums. And so they agreed to let us do it, and it worked, and every stadium since then has been based on a PSL plan. That is amazing. Not only did you help uh, get a team for the Carolinas, but you helped the National Football League uh, give them some, some, some fundraising weapons to build new stadiums. Amazing. So if you knew how hard it was going to be and how much it was going to cost, would you do it again? Yes. What, what a tremendous asset. And also to uh, be in the middle of it. So not only to have a seat on the bus, but actually uh, be driving the bus. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, and what an asset for the Carolinas. And I think we're really – just now starting to see the true impact because people of your generation and my generation, we grew up following somebody else's NFL team. Our children now have gone through a generation that all they know is the Carolina Panthers, and now they're starting to have their own children that they're bringing to games. So, you know, we're getting to our third generation of Panthers fans, and I think you you can really see uh, the roots. Um, They're wide and they're deep, and – what an unbelievable program to be a part of, and uh, it's been a great 25 years. It has been. There's nothing like the NFL, of course. A couple of more questions on our podcast for Mark Richardson, former team president, and we'll let him uh, get back to to uh, to doing big commercial real estate deals. The moment that you found out, Panther fans remember the press conference. They remember your dad, of course. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But but there must have been a phone call, something before that. How and when did you did you guys find out that you'd been awarded the Panthers? We found out about 10 minutes before everybody else found out. So we were all in Chicago, 
and we made our presentation that morning. Everybody made their final presentations, and they sent us back to a hotel room, and they sequestered us. They said, don't leave, and we weren't sure if they wanted to lock us in so that they could get to us or lock us in so we couldn't get out. But, um, you know, about 10 minutes before everybody else knew, they, they knocked on the door. They said, come with us. And so they took us, they escorted us down a back hallway and down the service elevator and back through the back. And we walked through the kitchen and I recognized where we are. And I said, we're getting ready to get the team. My dad said, what do you mean? I said, well, this is the room that we were in before they escorted us in for us to make our final presentation. I said, they wouldn't bring us here to tell us we weren't getting the team. The only reason we're in this room because they were getting ready to tell us. And so we came in. It was very short. They announced we'd been awarded the team. We went straight into the press conference. And if you look back on that tape, the uh, TV cameras barely had time to roll. So when Tagalooboo says the 29th franchise is the Carolina Panthers, it barely rolled. They barely had time to get the tape running before the announcement was made. So we didn't know until right before everybody else knew. Amazing. How did the nickname Panthers come up, and what were the other contenders? Um, I would like to tell you there's a great marketing study, and there was a survey, but there wasn't. So my, my dad said to me, you got any thoughts on nicknaming colors? I said, I really like Panthers, and I really like black and blue. He said, I love the Panthers. I love black and blue, and let's add some silver to it. So that that's about what it took there was no in-depth study or uh, no marketing group no focus group that that's simple yeah if it's not broke don't try to tinker with it it's worked well what a great uh, visit mark thanks so much here's the last question for you and then we'll wrap up you've accomplished so much in your life professionally personally where on a list of the things of which you are most proud would the Carolina Panthers rank? It would rank at the top. You know, I, I think being part of a national championship football team, um, and being from a small southern college that people really didn't know, that that's a highlight. But I think what the Carolinas did and the way they came together and uh, what the Panthers mean to the uh, Carolinas as a whole, that's um, a tremendous accomplishment that – you know, I, I know I take a lot of pride in, and I know a lot of other people do as well. As you should. Mark Richardson, former Panther team president, current minority owner, and a man whose legacy in these parts is definitely secure. Mark, thanks for your time. Thanks, Mick. Mark Richardson knew that players were the thing, and one of the Panthers' high-profile early draft picks from those days was a freak athlete from Bailey, North Carolina. You'll meet Julius Peppers next time on the podcast. Wow, wow, wow.